because he told us to, and that we do this here together as a church for some reasons. Uh, can I say this this morning? We remember for, for very specific reasons. If we don't remember, we take for granted. If we don't remember, we take for granted. We're not thankful. If you read Romans chapter 1, you'll find a group of people, the Bible says, neither were they thankful, but became foolish in their own imaginations. They worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, which is blessed forever. So we see a downward spiral of mankind all beginning in a lack of remembrance for what God did. He told Israel again and again, they built memorials. They set up stone upon stone and built memorials. And he told the Israelites to do that. And he said that the next generation would look and remember what God had done. You know why Israel went astray? Because they didn't remember. They had a short-term memory about what God had done. If we have a short-term memory, we're not going to be the type of church that God wants us to be. We need to remember what God said that we should do and remember what God has done. Aren't you glad for what God has done? We've seen some miracles here in this church. God's done some awesome things. I want to remember those things, but here's the thing. I'm not living in the past. Those things cause me to be grateful for what I have today so that I can push forward for tomorrow. And we're going to look at that this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse number 23 Paul begins speaking and he says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Verse 25, After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup, is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do shew the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another." And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together into condemnation. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for this instruction that we see uh, to this local church. Lord, I pray that you help us, Lord, to receive the same instruction that you're giving, uh, Lord, us this morning, God, that when we come, uh, there's a way that you would have us to come. God, you said you would set in order these things. I pray that what we would do this morning, God, would be decent in order. God, you're not the author of confusion. And, Lord, I pray that you please use the Word of God this morning to do a work in our church. Uh, God, that you may purify it and present it spotless as a lamb. God, without uh, spot, without, without blame, God, as you are. And, God, as a bride, the bride of Christ. And, God, we're thankful, God, for your, uh, your blood that was shed for our sins. And, God, your your body that was broken for us. God, may we remember that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Maybe may be seated. I appreciate you standing. I want you to just look at this because we're going to basically go through this passage of Scripture 
And I want you to look at this passage of Scripture with me in First uh, Corinthians chapter number 11. Uh, and we're going to start in verse number 23, and we're going to kind of go down through the end of the verse uh, of the chapter here, and then we're going to have and observe the Lord's table this morning. And there's some things that this is supposed to do. If you could just give me your attention. I know uh, this morning there's a lot of things going on in your mind, but we came for the Word of God, and I want to feed you from the Word of God this morning. And so if you just give me your undivided attention just for a few moments this morning, I don't want to miss this, because this is important. This is important for all of us together as a church. And if we'll focus and be obedient to the Word of God here, I believe God will bless us as a church. Look at verse number 23. For I have received the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, uh, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. You see that? It was a broken body and a shed blood. You know what that tells us about this? It tells us that there was a price that was paid. There was a price that was paid. Jesus was not treating this, this uh, spiritual uh, Lord's table, this supper, with these disciples uh, just like he treated any other meal, just like he treated any other gathering. This was not a, this was not a place to come to, to eat, to get filled as far as uh, in a physical sense, but it was a place where they were coming for a spiritual significance. And Jesus was teaching them something. He was saying, hey, listen, this is my body. This is my blood. It's been broken for you. And he said, this do in remembrance of me. So we understand there's a spiritual significance. This instruction was given, 1 Corinthians, to a carnal church, the church at Corinth, who was using it. If you read earlier in the chapter, they were using it. Uh, they were taking what was supposed to be the Lord's table and turning it into uh, this, this feast uh, of gluttony. They were uh, eating, uh, bringing and eating for themselves and not sharing with others. And uh, they were doing things that... Uh, we're not bringing honor and glory to the Lord. They were just doing things for themselves. And uh, they were not observing the Lord's Supper the way that God said they were supposed to. And how do we know that? Because Paul corrects them. He says, you're doing this wrong. This is not the way that it should be. This is not the way Jesus instituted it. This is not the purpose of the Lord's table. The purpose of the Lord's table is to cause us to understand that there was a price that was paid for our, uh, for our redemption. And it was the broken body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, if we forget the soldiers that paid the price for our freedom, if we forget the blood that was shed so that we could stand free today as Americans, we will easily give it away. We will easily uh, not have it preserved. We will easily not pass it on. Uh, We will foolishly allow government to take away that freedom which other people uh, paid the price for with their own blood that we could have today. But you know what happens is when we change history, we forget why we have freedom. We have freedom because of God. We are one nation under God. Uh, That's that's what our founders uh, declared. Uh, We're supposed to be a nation that's under God. But a nation that's no longer under God will no longer have God's blessing. And uh, we're in trouble as Americans when we forget the price that was paid. Can I share this with you? We're in trouble as a church when we forget the price that was paid. When we turn uh, the cross into no more than an entertainment value thing. When we, we turn the cross into no more than a trinket we wear around our neck and, and, and something that we just, you know, just talk about loosely, the cross was a torture place. It was a place of uh, a price being paid. It was a place where bodies were broken and blood was shed. And our Savior, the King of the world, the author and finisher of our faith, the creator of all things, 
uh, which everything that was made and is made was made for him, uh, came into this world. His own received him not. They, uh, they crucified him on the cross, but only because he laid himself down. He said, nobody takes my life except I give it. He said, except I lay it down. And he said, I lay it down willingly. Why did he lay it down? Because the price had to be paid. What price? Well, the price of sin. The Bible says, for the wages of sin. What does that mean? That there's a price to be paid for sin. Wages is what we get paid, is it not? Uh, on Friday or every other Friday or maybe whenever, or, or you're happy just to have it whenever you can, you get paid wages for your work, do you not? Wages. And that maybe it's minimum wage and maybe it's a little bit more than that. Uh, be thankful that you have uh, what you do have today. And I'm thankful for what I have uh, today. But we get paid for what we do. And the Bible teaches us that concept here, that we are gonna be, we're going to have to pay the price uh, for what we have done. We have sinned for the wages of sin. Notice the price that has to be paid is death. Now, who declared that? Well, God declared that. Why did Jesus have to die? Because his declaration is that the price that must be paid for sin is death. And God doesn't go back on his word. He doesn't go back on his judgment. He doesn't go back on what he said. So what did he say? Well, price must be paid. A death must be paid. But here's the thing. I, I, I can't die and pay for my sins. I can't die and pay for your sins because I'd have to spend eternity dying in order for that to happen. And that's what happens, by the way, if we die without Christ. We spend eternity in death. And that's what it's called, in death and hell. We're cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. It's a death forever, a forever death. We, we want to have eternal life. Well, that's eternal death. And that's a place that the Bible says was prepared for the devil and his angels but it's a place that every person who does not come uh, to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to Scriptures, does not repent and believe on Christ. Uh, the way the Bible says, that is the place where they will pay for their wages, their, their, their sin. That's what the Bible teaches. But Jesus, but God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. Wow. He said, hey, listen, death must be paid. A a price must be paid for sin, but I'll pay it. I'll pay it. By the way, he was the only one that could. He was the only one that could pay, and he knew that. And he knew that. Uh, There was no way uh, that it could be done any other way. And Jesus Christ, he came and he paid that price. He did it. Why did he do it? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We said the wages of sin is death, but the back half of the verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we have wages is what we get paid, but get this. Don't you like gifts? I like getting paid what I earn. I I like that. I mean, I work hard, but don't you like getting a gift? I mean, a gift is like you didn't do anything. Here you, You get something... Because somebody loves you. I like that my wife loves me. It's kind of fun. I, I, I like that uh, she likes to buy me things and give me, uh, give me things. And, uh, she, she, and, and not because that's what love is. It's not giving things. But don't we buy things for the people that we love? Don't we show? I mean, we want to give them things. See, God's no different. He, he teaches that in His Word. He said, if you, which are, are, are sinful, earthly fathers, dads, if you give to your children things... And you, you provide them and you buy them gifts. He said, how much more uh, will your Father in heaven, which loves you, give unto you? He said, hey, listen, uh, God likes to give gifts too. And by the way, He gave the best gift. 
the gift of God. The gift of God. What's the gift of God? Eternal life. Well, how does it come? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says, uh, uh, you are not your own, for you're bought with a price. That price that was paid. Uh, the Bible says, uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. You know, it's so important that we understand the price that's been paid. Because here's the thing, Christian, even if you've accepted Christ, if you forget about the price, you'll start living like it doesn't matter whether you sin or not. It matters. Uh, would you ever, um, would you ever uh, uh, walk up to a family who, uh, of a soldier who gave, uh, gave uh, I think it's a terrible thing that there's actually religious groups that even call themselves Baptists uh, that go to uh, soldiers' funerals and picket their funerals that, uh, that, that uh, spew out words of hatred and, and, and terrible, I mean, just in the name of uh, whatever they think. that. But I think that's terrible. I, I'm ashamed that they, that they, they call themselves Baptists. They're not Baptists. Not, not a Bible-believing Baptist. If they were, they wouldn't do that. But isn't that a terrible thing, that you would do that, that you would treat families of soldiers and, and wounded in, the, in that way? Well, let me ask you this. Is it a terrible thing that sometimes that we treat Christ that way? That sometimes we turn the grace of God in lasciviousness. That sometimes we treat lightly the fact that we sin. Oh, we we have we have uh, we've got a pass. You know, we can we can get in free. We got our fire insurance, if you would. You know, I'm not going to hell. I'm saved, and so you know I can live it up and do what I want. No, a Christian would never, never, never say that, because a Christian says, God forbid. Should we that are dead to sin live in the longer they're in? He said, No, 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 no. If I understand the price. I don't want to trample on the price. If I understand the price, I want to honor the price. I want to honor, I want to honor the ones that have paid the price. And by, uh, well, how do we honor them? Where well, we live. We live. You know what they died for? So that we could live. Why did Jesus die? So that He said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The best way to say thank you uh, to a soldier uh, uh, is to live a life of freedom and to preserve that freedom for future generations. The best way to thank a Savior for dying on the cross is to live like a Christian and to, and to proclaim that message to others. It's the best way to say thank you. You know, the worst, uh, worst way we can, we can show, we show our, our discredit is live for ourselves. Live for ourselves, not considering each other. Uh, not, not considering the world that we live in, not, not considering, one another. oh, we just do what we want, oh, we've got salvation, we can get forgiveness anytime we want. If you're a Christian, you won't live that way. Christians don't live like that. Christians said, no, no, we're not going to continue in sin that grace may abound. God forbid we won't do that. So how do we do as Christians? What do we do? Well, there's not only a price that we see, but we also see a pause. The second thing we see is a pause. Jesus said that there were to... Do this in remembrance of me. I think of whenever we remember, uh, at the beginning, we, they played that, the taps. And, uh, you know, there's something to that. You know, we think of fallen soldiers. Uh, uh, you ever uh, hear, they say, we'll have a moment of silence, a pause, if you would. I think that's appropriate, don't you? I think that's a good thing, that we would have moments of silence, that we would have pauses. You know what? God said it this way, be still. And know that I am God. He said, be still. You know, sometimes we find ourselves busy, 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 running, 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 never being still. You know somewhat uh, church is about that? Just coming in, putting everything out of our minds, just sitting and being still. Be still. 
Sit still. And some of us, we fight with that, don't we? I've got to do something. I've got to go. I've got to be somewhere. I've got I to gotta schedule. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Be still. Be still. I mean, Jesus had things to do, but he was never in a hurry. Jesus had places to go, but he was always where he was supposed to be. Jesus, Jesus, you know, he was about to go to the cross, but he, he paused, took his disciples through that upper room and sat, and they were still. They were just still. They were a pause. Why were they pausing? To remember. You know, if we don't pause to remember, we'll forget. You know, that's why he tells us as a church, that's why instruction was given to the churches to do this in remembrance, because there's times that we need to pause. Come on, you ever have to stop as a family or as a, as a, as a person and say, I need to just take some time and reflect on the, the most important things in my life right now because I feel like I'm getting busy doing things and they're not the important things. Come on, isn't, isn't it good when we pause to do that? We pause to consider our actions. We pause to consider our motives. We pause to consider, consider the whys and the reasoning by what we do. Come on, if we don't pause to consider, we'll go into tradition headlong and we'll forget what it is that we're doing. We're just doing it for tr- tradition's sake. I tell you this morning, I did not come into God's house uh, for tradition's sake. I, I did not come in, in, into God's house uh, for pressure's sake. I did not come in, uh, to, God, to God's house. I did not give and offer willingly to, to God's house. did not do that. I did that for love. For love. Why? Because I love my Savior. I love Him. And uh, because I love him, I want to do what he says. Love is always the greatest motivating factor. But if we do not pause, we become traditionalists. If we do not pause, sometimes we just go into the... Why are we doing what we're doing? Because we remember. We remember. It's good to remember, isn't it? You remember some things God's done in your life? Come on. You know what you need to do sometimes? The devil likes to make you remember about things you used to do that were wrong. You know, he's a, the accuser of the brethren. That's what the Bible says. What does he do? Hey, you know what you are? You're this. Likes to make you feel rotten about yourself. Oh, you know what you used to do? This is what you used to do. You remember who you were? You remember? And you know what we need to do? Remind him of something. What do we need to remind him of? I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. I'm not your child anymore. I, I'm, not, I'm not one of yours. I, I belong to the King of Kings and... The Lord of Lords, I'm a child of God. I'm redeemed. I, I've been purchased with His own blood. Oh, get thee behind me, Satan. You, you don't have anything to blame me with because I've got the Lord Jesus Christ and He's washed me and He's redeemed me. If we don't remember, sometimes we'll, we'll go headlong into guilt over things that we've confessed and forsaken in our lives. And uh, the devil seeks seek to bind us as a church into just thinking about... Uh, uh, the, the, Paul said this, And such were some of you, but now you're clean. He said, you used to be this, but you're not that anymore. You used to do this, but you don't do that anymore. I like the kids sing that song, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. There's been a great change since I've been... The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. There's been a great change since I've been born again. The things I used to watch, I don't want... Hey, come on, you with me? I mean, it's just been a great change. God's changed me. He's changed my perspective on life. He's changed why we do what we do. Is, is that a have to? No, no, no. We do it because we love. We love. There's a pause. Not only those, that, but there's a preparation. There's a preparation. Look at verse number 27 with me. Did you look at the Scriptures? I'll make sure that we stay in the Scriptures this morning. Verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. If you're like me, you read that verse and you say... I hardly feel unworthy. 
I already don't feel worthy. What is the, what is the constitution for worthiness? What, 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 what is the comparison for worth? If, if I'm to compare myself to Jesus for worthiness, I'm in trouble. And, and so, are, so are you, by the way. So where's the worthiness? Well, the Bible teaches us that we can be in a right standing with the Lord. That our sins can be... Because 1 John 1, 9, written to the Christian, by the way. See, God knows we sin. So he said this to Christians in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And to, get this, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what that means? Worthiness. Whoa! I don't see myself that way. But I'm sure glad that he sees me that way. You know why? He sees us that way because of the blood of his son, not because of us. Because when the blood's applied, you remember in the Old Testament, uh, those, uh, that Passover took place. The Jews remember the Passover. They had to kill that lamb. They had to take that blood. They had to apply it to the doorposts and to the headposts uh, of, their, of their houses. And uh, there was a Passover uh, that would take place and the, the death angel was going to come. It was one of the plagues in Egypt because Pharaoh would not obey God. And God was sending those plagues. And he said to the people of God, if you obey me and you'll apply the blood, when the angel sees the blood, he said, when I, God said this, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's where they get that word, Passover. The angel, the death angel that was coming to kill all the firstborn in their house, when the blood was applied... There was a worthiness. He said, I'm not going to, there will be no death that comes to your household. There will be no death. Hey, get this. When the blood's applied, there's a worthiness. Not because of us. Not because of of what we've done. Because of the blood. That's what he said. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And that's uh, that's what happened in the Old Testament. See, they understood that. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. I'm glad that it's not by the blood of bulls and goats. That, that it's not by, that's not by the blood of sacrificed animals. It's not, by, it's not by that blood. It's by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lamb without spot. The Lamb without blemish. It's by His blood that we are redeemed this morning. Hey, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I love songs like that. Talk about the blood of Jesus Christ which cleanses us from all sin. Come on, you know that song? There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stain lose all their guilty stain lose all their guilty stains and sinners plunged beneath that flood Lose all their guilty stain. Isn't that awesome? That he could, he could wash us in blood and we don't have any stains. Why? Because his blood's perfect. It's cleansing. Get this. Hey, Christian, you got no stains. Your sin's gone. You can be worthy. You can be holy in God's eyes because of Jesus Christ. So tell the devil to take a hike. 
Say, get, be, get thee behind me, Satan. The Bible says, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Why is he running away? He's not running away from you, friend. He's not running away from me, friend. He's running away from that blood of Jesus Christ. You plead the power of the blood, he's got nothing to stand on. He's got nothing to say to you anymore. The blood of Jesus Christ. There was a price that was paid. There's a pause to be considered. There's a preparation to be made. You say, what do you mean? That means we should prepare our hearts. He said, we're not to be unworthy. What does that mean? Well, we're not to be in open sin. We're supposed to be right with God. By the way, uh, you know what some people do with the Lord's table? They say, well, I'm not going to, because I have sin, I'm not going to take the Lord's table. You know, the Bible doesn't give that option. It doesn't give that option. Look at the passage of Scripture with me. It says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Get this, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. What does it say? It doesn't say we have an option to deny and to not partake and to not fellowship. It doesn't say breaking of fellowship and walking away from the Lord's table. It says this, that we must examine ourselves, that we must repent of our sins, that we must be right with the Lord. And a lot of people, they say, well, I'm just not going to partake. I'm just not going to do. I'm just not going to serve. I'm just not going to be involved. That's not an option to the Christian. The Christian is that you must repent. You must be right. That you must examine yourself. So you know what the Lord's table is supposed to do? Well, it's not supposed to be something that fills our bellies. It's not supposed to be something that we, uh, that we do to have a party. It's supposed to be do something to reflect and remember, and to pause, and to be thankful, and to say, God, I'm not right. I I need to examine myself, and God, make sure that my my heart is right with you. Isn't that good for a church to do that? Could you imagine if everybody in the building right now just said, Lord, if there's anything at all, God, if I've sinned, God, I've confessed a known sin in my life, or maybe there is a known sin, and you haven't dealt with it, but now you'd say, God, I'm going to deal with it. I'm not, I'm not, you say, well, how can I deal with it? Confess it, forsake it, repent of it. The Bible says you can do that. By the way, that can happen right now. It can happen right now. Hey, when can a person come to Christ? Now is the day of salvation. He can, he can save right now. Could somebody come into church lost and leave saved? Yes, they can. They can make a decision right now to trust Christ. Can a Christian do the same thing with their sin? Yes, they can. Absolutely. Why? Not because of our power, not because of our strength to overcome sin, but because of His power, because of His blood. His power, His blood is what, is what gives us uh, the strength to overcome. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. A preparing, and not only a preparing, but this goes with it, a purifying. A purifying. But let a man, exam- verse 28, examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. You say, what do you mean discerning the Lord's body? Well, is the, is the Lord's body perfect? Are we not to be the body of Christ? Are we not to be perfect? He said that He wants us to be a bride that is perfect. You say, well, I can't do that. You're right, you can't, but you can through Christ. You can come to Him and be right this morning. Whatever sin it is, you can get the power over it. You can confess it, forsake it, and be able to uh, be in fellowship because that sin is breaking the fellowship. Notice this, verse 30. Hey, who's he talking to? Remember who he's talking to. He's talking to a carnal church who had turned this into a sinful thing. Notice what he says to them. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. 
You know what that means? They died. But when we are judged, but if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. Come on. There should be a purifying process. A purifying. What does God want us to be? He said, be therefore holy as I am holy. He said, I I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye would present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can I say this this morning? It is God's will for every Christian to be holy. And if you're not, you're out of the will of God. It's, it's, It's that, you said, it's that cut and dry? Yes, it is. It is God's will for every Christian to be filled with the Spirit. And if you're not, you're out of the will of God. And you know what? The reason why you probably don't have the fullness of God's Spirit is because of sin, isn't it? Because that's what the Bible teaches. You can be full or you can grieve the Holy Spirit. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? By sin in our lives that He convicts us of and we say, no, I'm not dealing with. What does the Holy Spirit... Come on, you have the Holy Spirit, I do too. What does He say to you? Hey, that was wrong. He says, he says, that, he says that to me. Hey, you shouldn't have done that. Hey, you shouldn't have thought that. Hey, you shouldn't be doing this. And when, and, and when he does, you know what? We're supposed to say, God, you're right. I agree with you. I don't agree with me. See, me wanted to do that. That's why I did it. But the Holy Spirit didn't want me to do that. And say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do what I want. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. Hey, who gave us that example? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, O Lord. Why did Jesus speak those words? The Bible says to be our example, that we should follow in His steps. Wasn't Jesus God? So yes, His will was going to be done. So what is He speaking in, in the terms of, well, us, humanly speaking? Our will is not supposed to be done. His will is supposed to be done. And where is His will supposed to be done? On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. That's what God wants. You say, well, that can't, that can't be with us. It can be with the power of the Holy Spirit. Purify Get this, lastly this morning, proclaim. You say, what are you talking about, proclaim? Well, look at this, if you would. Verse number 24. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Verse 25. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Verse 26. For as often... As you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till He come. Has Jesus come back yet? What are we supposed to do, Christians? Show the Lord's death till He come. The gospel. The death of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to proclaim it. Proclaim it. What are we doing this morning? Well, He died once. We're not killing Him again. He's already died for us. What are we doing? We're remembering what was done. Why are we doing it? Well, it should cause us. It should cause us to remember, to pause. It should purify us. It should prepare our hearts. It should bring revival to the church. There should be a purpose behind it beyond just us just going through the motions and reading some verses and eating a wafer and drinking some grape juice and then walking out of the building the same way that we came in. That is not the way that it's supposed to be. Come on, if we really, really, really want God to have His way in our lives, we're going to say, God, I'm going to obey this morning. Maybe you came in this morning, you're not saved. Maybe you're not saved. 
You know what? You can get that settled this morning because the only people that are supposed to follow the Lord and the Lord's table are Christians. It's not for the lost. It's for the saved. If you're not a Christian this morning, you, you can't partake. But the other thing is, is that if you're not right with God, you say, what are you talking about? Well, if you're right with the Lord, the Bible says you're right in fellowship and you can partake. Come on, you don't want to sit at the table with someone you're not right with. This is the Lord's table. We're just, I understand that this is physically not, but I'm talking about in a spiritual sense. God wants us to fellowship with Him. And we're to fellowship one with another. The Bible says if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all our sin. That's awesome. Fellowship comes from a from Christians being right. You know why we have so much broken fellowship in church? Sin? Pride? Us not obeying Scripture? That's it. But what are we supposed to do together? You with me this morning? Obey the Lord. Follow the Lord. Believe God's Word. Trust in it. But don't just say we believe it. Live it. Live it. That's what we need this morning. You know what this should do? Bring revival to the church. Because if every Christian this morning examines themselves, he said if we should judge ourselves, we should not be judged. You know what? I'd rather judge myself than be judged. That's what he says. Judge yourself. Examine yourself. In a moment, we're going to have an invitation. It's going to be an opportunity for everybody in the room to judge themselves.